0: You're listening to Radio Free Satan. Enjoy the show. I would like, if I may, take you on a strange journey.
1: Welcome to another amazing episode of Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. And I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It's great to have you, yet again, yet another week. I just love, this is like the highlight of my entire week, coming here and talking to you. I'm I'm really excited. I've got a really great show for you this week. Uh, It is November the 13th, and we're going to be talking, I'm going to start my first ...in a nine-part series examining the article in The Devil's Notebook of how to be a god or the devil. In The Infernal Informant, I'm going to be talking about hate mongers, torch cars, scrawl swastikas on Orthodox block in Brooklyn. And 18-year-old girl tweets 144 times before committing suicide. And in Creature Feature, I'm bringing you a home-brewing round table. That's right. The two gentlemen that got me into homebrewing sat down with them months ago, actually. I've been sitting on this for a long time. Uh, I sat down with them uh, right after the men camp out, actually. Uh, So this would be the end of August, I think. And um, like I said, I've been sitting on it for a while. And there's a lot of background ambient noise. I got my kids playing in the background. So the audio is not really the best, but I think the content is really great, and there's some really genuinely funny moments, and there's some good advice and information out there for those of you who may want to get into homebrewing, or just want to hear about from people who are, and I'm going to try, and that actually goes for like 40 minutes or so, so I'm going to try to give you a Bizarre of the Bizarre afterward, but it really kind of depends on time, I'm going to be going over, um, and I do have like a lot of great things, like next week, I guarantee there'll be a Bizarre of the Bizarre, um, just as far as looking ahead and content and everything. So, you know, if I can't get to it this week, I know last week I said I'd get to it this week. I'm going to have to push it off another week, probably. We'll see how the time pans out. Uh, But before I start the show, I do want to talk about Veterans Day. Now, this just occurred last week, at the the tail end of last week. Um, And it's that idea that uh, we celebrate... The men and women who have served our country, and I'm obviously specifically talking about Americans here, uh, who have served our country, uh, and then, you know, we sort of pile on to that, because men and women who serve our country don't necessarily go to war. Men and women who serve our country don't necessarily lose a limb from an IED, or die in the line of duty. But we do have those soldiers going on right now. And I don't know if you remember this or not. But there's a war going on right now. And it's weird. It takes a holiday to remind us of it. Because we go through our day-to-day lives and we don't really think about it. But there are American soldiers in Afghanistan right now. And even currently in Iraq, even though that's not supposed to be a war anymore. uh, Fighting and dying every day. So, and and those are just the overt wars, not mentioning the uh, uh, conflicts that we are continually engaged in that are, uh, you know, uh, not privy to public understanding or knowledge. And I don't mind that we do stuff like that, but I do get a little bit frustrated when we don't think about the sacrifices that are being made, and that we have to rely on essentially two holidays, Uh, To keep that in check in our minds. I mean, most of the media is focused on the upcoming presidential elections. Um, They're focused on the current state of our economy. And none of that matters. None of that means anything when you have a son or you have a daughter or a husband or a wife in conflict or a mom and a dad being shot at. Like It doesn't matter. If there's life and death on the line, I want to just take a moment and express my gratitude for those who are fighting for our country. It means a lot to me. Having served and never having fought, I I personally have an immense sense of uh, regret. Um, So whenever... Whenever I, I see a realistic portrayal movie or a holiday like this comes up and I start hearing about genuine sacrifices, I get a little bit choked up I, and it is that sort of feeling that I don't feel like I have contributed enough. Um, the fact that I know people who have gone over there and, and sacrificed and suffered and died... And I'm here doing a podcast, living comfortably, drinking homebrew with this amazing family. I just feel like I don't really, I haven't earned that. And I know if if I don't feel like I've earned it, and I've served five years, what about the next guy next door who hasn't served at all? And you know what? As a Satanist, I completely accept and understand focusing solely on you. But I think at times, in order to do that, you have to focus on what you are a part of. And in this case, I'm talking specifically your country. And I don't buy into public service for public service's sake. I joined the military so that I could pay for college. I did it so I would help me. But in that road... I ended up serving my country and understanding what it meant and learning what it means. And it's become a, an immense part of who I am as a human being. And I genuinely think more people should do that. You know, we, whenever you're talking politics and you're talking about, oh, that top 1% of earners, well, what about that 1% that are fighting and dying for our country? How many of those Occupy Wall Streeters are actually veterans? Because those are the only ones that, in my opinion, have a right to say anything. To complain about anything. Because they're the real ones that have sacrificed. Everyone else has just sat on their ass drinking Starbucks until they saw a movement that they wanted to become a part of. And they wanted to be special. How about you get off your ass and do something with your life, rather than complaining about other people being successful, and you not thinking that's fair? If you, if you don't like the way people lobby our Congress, get off your ass and lobby Congress. You have that right. But sitting on a sidewalk in filth, screaming at buildings, is not productive. How long has this been going on? And how many reforms have happened? The only thing you're doing is raging against the local law enforcement, and the local um, uh, uh, government officials who don't set these policies you're complaining about, all the while becoming a huge burden on that part of society that you are a part of. You are no longer contributing. You are now a cancer. There are ways to effectively change things. Sitting at a fucking Occupy group tent circle with drums banging and your fingers waggling in the air does not change policy. I have no idea how I got onto that (laughs) rant from talking about patriotism. Um, But if you've listened to the show before, maybe you can see my progression of thought. (laughs) Um, Okay, so maybe my point here is... Uh, stop occupying cities and start occupying Afghanistan if you want to change things become a part of our country and contribute to it don't sit on the sidelines with some silver spoon up your ass just because you were born here you deserve something greater, no people came here and made something of themselves just because you were born here doesn't mean you're inherently gifted you still have to work you still have to contribute, and you are not doing that now, you vampires of society. Alright. Well, enough of my soapbox here. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the uh, Devil's Advocate, and start this off right. In this arid wilderness of steel and stone, i raise up my voice that you may hear to the east... And to the west I beckon, to the north, and to the south, I show a sign proclaiming, a death to the weakling, wealth to the strong. Can I get a Hail Satan? I said, can I get a Hail Satan? We are the Devil's Advocates. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate. As always, let me preface this segment by saying that I am a Satanist. I am a member of the Church of Satan, but I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all. How to be a God or the Devil. I love this article. I first was introduced to it in The Devil's Notebook um, way back in my high school years. And it always struck a chord with me. It always resonated uh, with my worldview. I mean, really, all of Satanism does, but for some reason, this article really stuck with me. I'm going to be breaking this up into nine parts, because um, Anton LaVey originally wrote it with nine key points. Probably, you know why, nine. Um, We're going to be focusing one each week, and this week is don't advertise. So, the idea is that if you are a god, these are nine simple uh, ideas... ...that will help determine whether or not you would make a good god or not. (laughs) Or devil. Uh, Most of our cases, probably a devil. And I, I wanted to go into detail about it because I think each of the sections really sort of ring true and have a lot to speak about... I don't, and you know, as always, I'm not going to read this as um, Anton LaVey wrote it. I'm not going to read through the article because, one, copyright issues, and two, I would rather give you my personal opinion on the uh, amazing writings that he has done. Um, And sort of make make it personal, a little bit more relatable, I think. Um, However, that being said, if you don't own The Devil's Notebook, you absolutely should buy it. Read it yourself and see what the doctor says about it because it is going to be much more eloquent and it's going to be uh, much more poignant than my ranting here. But I am going to give you my personal perspective. That's the point of the show, right? Okay. So, don't announce yourself. Don't advertise yourself. Don't claim to be. Whenever you think about... Uh, someone of importance. Whenever you think about someone of power, um, do you, is, does that person advertise themselves? Do they go door to door and say, um, hey, uh, h- how are you today? I'm a god, and I would like you to worship me. Genuinely, uh, that's kind of what's happened to Christianity over the past 2,000 years, and that's why everyone's really seeing it as this bullshit thing. Uh <laughs> You don't ever see a real, genuine person of power and authority demanding people follow them or worship them or see them in a specific way. Uh, There's a number of reasons for this. Um, One of them is that they're too busy doing other things, they don't have time or the desire. Because anyone of genuine individual power doesn't care if they have people looking at them in that light. They don't care because they're too busy doing things. They're too busy embracing whatever indulgent, creative outlet they have. And in that, they are seen as powerful. And maybe just take a second here and imagine uh, your, your favorite artist Imagine your favorite philosopher. Um, Imagine your favorite musician. Did they go out of their way? Did they come to you? Or did you go to them? And I think invariably you're going to find that you stumbled across them. Because they're not doing the promoting for themselves. They have other people doing that. Other people tell you that they're of worth. And once you find out that they are creative, that they are powerful, that they are influential through their actions, not through their desire, well, that's a huge part of what being a god is. You know, Satanists, we are our own gods. Part of that means that other people are going to recognize that. I mean, look at the Church of Satan. The Church of Satan is a mutual admiration society. We are our own gods, and the organization recognizes those That are of worth. Those that are of value. I think you've probably met some in your life. I know I have. And it's always an honor. It's always a privilege. And it's something to keep in the back of your head. Don't advertise. If you are of worth, you will be seen that way automatically. Because it's about focus. You're not focusing on whether or not people see you a certain way. At least you shouldn't be. You should be focused on what you're doing. Keep your mind on the task at hand. And do it to the best of your ability. And that, that is what being a god is all about. Don't advertise. Alright, that's for this week's. Next week, we'll go to the step two. And if you want previews, buy the book and read it for yourself. Otherwise, you're gonna to have to wait. Let's go ahead and jump right into the Infernal Informant.
2: What is of darkness? Earthquakes, volcanoes, that are rising from the grave, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria—all oh, in the Infernal Informant.
1: Hate mongers torch cars, scrawl swastikas on Orthodox block in Brooklyn by Kristen Connolly and Aaron Feiss, posted November 12th. Hate mongers tore three cars on a heavily orthodox stretch of Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn yesterday and scrawled swastikas and other vile messages on vehicles and park benches. Residents on the Midwood block lined with synagogues and yeshivas were woken at 5.30 a.m. to the sounds of sirens and the sight of towering flames shooting from vehicles. The heinous acts of vandalism, which cops are investigating as hate crime, came a day after the anniversary of the Nazis' infamous Kristallnacht attack in Germany and Austria on November 9th to 10th, 1938, when Jews were beaten and their property was destroyed by government stormtroopers and civilian mobs. The fact that the most recent attack came on the heels of the 73rd anniversary of Kristallnacht may or may not be a coincidence, Mayor Bloomberg said. Either way, this kind of hateful act has no place in the freest city, in the freest country in the world. I thought they were going to say in the freest world there. Swastikas were painted on some of the benches, and a van was tagged with KKK. They also spray-painted the words F-U-C-K, Jews, on the sidewalk. They actually edited that out in the article, which I think is interesting. I think it's a jealousy of wealth, and then, the use of anti-Semitism is a way to express that jealousy, said Bobby Tabelli, whose mother's BMW X5 was burned out. This has really unnerved the community, said State Assembly Dov Hickend, who represents the neighborhood. NYPD investigators remained at the scene hours after the attack, and heightened police presence was visible in the neighborhood. Hello, Stein, 27, a lifelong resident, also drew a comparison to the anniversary of the Nazi-era anti-Semitic attacks. This is Kristallnacht all over again. People are expressing their hatred of the Jews, Stein said. City Councilman David Greenfeld said his office would offer a $1,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for the attack. Meanwhile, hate also reared its head in Queens when a man was accused of spray-painting a series of swastikas, including one on a synagogue... Franco Rodriguez, 40, allegedly sprayed nine of the vile symbols in five different incidents between October 30th and November 4th, police said. One swastika defaced the door of the Jackson Heights Library. Another Nazi symbol was sprayed on the Congregation Tifereth, Israel, of Jackson Heights on 88th Street. That's the end of the article. So, hate is alive. Uh, I, I don't feel like this is shocking. I, I feel like we're, we're always going to have that element of society that hates another and, you know, due to events in the past, use those anniversaries as a window to enact that hatred. I don't necessarily think it's right and in this case. I, I certainly don't think it's right. But I don't think it's a reenactment of Kristallnacht as purported here. Because they burned three cars. Like, that's it. No one died. No one was beaten. Um, I think that's a significant difference. I really do. And that's not to justify this, because I I think think hating a... And I've said this before on the show, uh, in previous episodes. Hating someone for their heritage, for their ancestry, is one of the most ignorant things a human being can do. It is ignoring uh, the power of self. Uh, something that we Satanists obviously take great pride in. Um, I mean, we are constantly assaulted with the idea that we are just like all of those ignorant devil worshippers. Those anti-Christians. Those pseudos out there. Um, they are just as much of the herd mentality as all of the Christians and the Jews and the Muslims. And Point being... We see people as individuals. We don't see them as groups. So I always have a hard time reconciling how someone could see someone as a group. Um, I mean, especially, how can you equate KKK with Nazis? Like, the two, in my opinion, don't seem to mesh at all. I mean, they both have vile hatred for, in my opinion, no reason. Um, They both react violently, uh, again, for no reason in my opinion. But uh, outside of that, one dislikes Jews and the other dislikes African Americans, right? I mean, isn't that the, the thing? So why would you have these neo-Nazis getting confused and they're like, oh, well, if this group hates that type of person and this group hates that type of person, well, we just hate everyone, so we'll just kind of take all of their symbols and and, uh, acronyms and throw it all together and it's just like, you are fucking idiots. I don't understand how you can be grown men and even women in our modern society and still associate an individual with their ancestry as if one equals the other wholeheartedly. I, I don't understand it. Okay. Me saying I don't understand it is because I am moderately educated. I say moderately because I am an American after all. Uh, I am moderately educated and uh, these people are not. So, they are acting out of ignorance. They are acting out of indoctrination. Okay, so that, that I can understand. But seriously out there, if any of you out there are are hate mongers, keep it to yourself and keep it to the ritual chamber. Just be law-abiding citizens, that's all I ask. You can hate whoever you like, I don't care. But people like this who go out and burn other people's cars because the owners of those cars are of a specific ethnicity, you are fucking idiots. That is all. Let's move to the next one. 18-year-old girl tweets 144 times before committing suicide. And this is my Fox Houston. Um, Randy Wallace wrote, Ashley Blisano did not show up for school at Rosenberg BF Terry High School Tuesday morning. Instead, she took to her Twitter page, saying there was so much more she wanted to do. Quote, it's obvious she needed somebody to talk to, and that's what I believe those tweets were, said Chief Craig Brady, from the Fort Bend County Sheriff's Department. She was trying to communicate and trying to get people to talk to her. In those 144 tweets posted over the course of six hours, Bilisano claimed she was molested and forced into prostitution. She talked about how she dealt with the pain the first time. I went to the bathroom and locked the door. I took apart a razor. I did what I had to do to forget. I swear after that night I was never the same. She talked about confiding with a boyfriend and telling her secret. I remember telling my closest teachers and CPS and the police detectives, she said. I remember having to tell them everything. It is my understanding she made an outcry apparently a year ago in Williamson County, up close to Austin, about some allegations of sexual abuse, Brady said. My understanding? That was looked into the sheriff's office there, the DA's office, and the grand jury. There is no indictment issued. That decision had a profound impact on Bilisano, she tweeted. Weeks passed, then I got a call. They said, sorry, but there isn't enough evidence. I hung up. That's when I changed. I didn't care anymore, and the people I was meeting gave me no reason to. More than 500 people were following her Twitter account when she tweeted, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but I won't be around. And finally, her last tweet, take two. I hope I get this right. Tragically, she did. Belisano committed suicide by suffocation. We don't want to get into a lot of detail. We don't want any copycats or promote it, Brady said. There's some indications this may not be the first time she actually attempted this particular method, which she learned off the internet. While grief counselors tend attend uh, other students at B.F. Terry High School, sheriff's deputies will be poring over the heart-wrenching tweets. It's not known how many people were following Belisano's final moments and thoughts. The bigger question... Why didn't someone seek help for her? Her tweet postings had been removed. It's not known at whose discretion. Uh, I have a couple thoughts on this. Uh, the first, I had a friend commit suicide... And I don't understand why anyone would give up their life for for anything um, I, I I can't wrap my head around it. But I do understand if someone is in so much pain, you know it is their choice. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to like it. It's their choice. I see weakness behind it. But that's coming from ignorance because I don't know what they were going through. Especially when you're talking about a young woman who, if her claims are accurate, and we have no reason not to think that they were, was forced into prostitution, suffered sexual abuse. I can't help but think. um, Okay, so, you know, Satanists are born, they're not made. But if our ideas of law were law, lex talionis, responsibility to the responsible, swift-like justice, never harming animals or children, none of this would be a problem, you know? I mean, this, this girl had to be in an immense amount of anguish to attempt the first time, which may have actually been a cry for help. But when she couldn't find support... With her family, when she can't find support from her chosen care loved ones, when she can't find support from her school, and she can't find support from the local law enforcement agencies, who all were told about this, and none did anything. I begin to understand why she did it. I don't like it. I would have handled it differently but I can see where she's coming from. Um, What's bad about this is that she will never have that victory of vengeance upon those people who did her wrong. She will never be able to stand victoriously over them, watching them suffer. And it's that idea that a lot of people have, that, oh, well, once I'm gone... You know, they still have this weird spiritual part of their mind that they think, oh, I'll be able to watch them. You know, they'll be all so sorry. You know, I killed myself and, you know, they'll know it's for them. No, that's not really how it works, honey. Sometimes some people feel regret, but mostly if they're going to do those horrible things to you in the first place, they're not going to care if you're gone. I mean, they're going to care when the cameras are on them and they're going to be a little bit upset. But if they're that type of sick individual that would abuse a young girl like that, They're not going to care. That's not vengeance, you killing yourself. That's not making it right. That's you showing your weakness. And that's a harsh thing to say. I know. I get that. But how else am I supposed to look at it? She was wronged. She tried to take the legal routes. She couldn't. I say ritual. My solution? Ritual. I've had success in the Ritual Chamber, so I say that with that in mind. I know I can make change in the world that normally would not through Ritual. Um, People can suffer consequences, and most often do, for their actions. What's unfortunate is that she didn't give them that chance. She didn't force them to accept them. And now, probably, those people are going to get away with it and do it to other people. All around, it's a tough situation to be in, and one that I don't think any girl should ever be in, anyone should ever be in. But you have to keep in mind that you're probably not the only one this is happening to, or will happen to, and by giving up, you're ensuring you're not the only one. Let's take a short break. On the other end, talk about some homebrewing.
0: Hello, my name's Dave Ingram, and I'm Donovan. And we are Metal Breakfast Radio, inviting you to join us with a few beers each week. For a dose of metal scrutiny. Some verbal skullduggery.
3: And a hell of a lot of rubbish. Rubbish.
0: Find us on MetalBreakfastRadio.com, DarkSentinel.dk, and RadioFreeSatan.com.
1: are
3: different than cats, and hey, what if Jack Nicholson were Hey, what if We Are The World was sung by the cast of Friends? I think it might go something like this. Hi, everyone. I'm Jay Leno. Anyone remember when I was funny? Eat Doritos. Ladies and gentlemen, Dane Cook. Are you fed up with comedy that's made for the masses? Sick of stand-up comedian hacks with the same old routines that you've heard a thousand times before? Equally tired of shock jocks who equate loudness with laughter? Hello, my name is Reverend Bill M, creator and host of The Devil's Mischief, a show where every week I present a new hour of comedy and novelty of devilish proportions. So tune in to The Devil's Mischief. Visit devilsmischief.com or radiofreesatan.com to download the latest podcast. The Devil's Mischief, carnal comedy clips and netherworld novelty numbers simply not made for the masses.
2: Are you looking for music from the 80s and the new wave, post-punk, and other hits? Jay, nothing the host of the Metro, will
0: take you back to the 80s with songs that made the decade of me so memorable. Get the weekly updates at RadioFreeSatan.com.
2: And remember, Hail Satan! piercing
1: the night. Through the trees, the damsel in distress comes, breaking through the underbrush, fear painted on her face. The darkness hunting her is near. the swamp, water slowing her escape. The creature nears, the damsel turns, hands rising to her sides as a last effort to thrust the creature back.
2: Welcome to Creature
1: creature. Hi, gentlemen. I would like to propose a toast to uh, long-term friends in home brewing. May our uh, brews always end up rich and bold and full-flavored, and uh, not like this here porter. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Look at the bottom of that. One. <laughs> Thanks, Dick. <laughs> you got the what end, is that? The end of it. That's <laughs> some sediment. Yeah, I got this
1: okay, so this is—is is is this a test? Is all about. Homebrewing. We are talking to Derek and Sam, the two gentlemen that introduced me to homebrewing. Alright, so,
3: we're
0: drinking a porter right now, which is brewed when, gentlemen? Oh, 19, no. <laughs> well, what, almost two years ago?
3: I think so, 99 or 2000? No. no. <laughs> June. What? Was it 2009 or 10? 10. 10. June. So 2010, June Porter
1: Well, first of all, I would like to say This is going to be a departure from the regular Creature Feature segments We're going to be talking specifically about homebrewing For the segment And I have the two gentlemen that had brought me Into the home brewing world They literally popped My yeast <laughs> And malt My wort cherry
0: They'll <laughs> get it too <laughs> Okay, so I, I would like to ask you both how you got into it. Derek, do you want to start off with being interrupted by my daughter? Um, well, I think Remember we that? kind of both got into it together. It was uh, Sam's suggestion that we uh, come up with a hobby since his wife was full of hobbies. His uh, <laughs> suggestion was that we start homebrewing, and I love the idea. and We started up uh, probably a week later after we gathered the equipment that we needed. Uh, it took us about a week just to gather the right equipment, and of course we didn't have it all. You don't realize yeah. that until once you start. <laughs> still yeah. don't have it all. Yeah, we still don't have it all, but it's it's a work in progress, and it's uh, it's been just fun from the beginning. <laughs> I'll say I, I've
3: been thinking about it for about three years prior to us starting, but never really had the money. Um, and my wife is extremely crafty, so she was frustrated with how many video games I played. Oh, yeah. We started adding up the cost of all the games I was playing. I was like,
2: damn, if
3: I just stopped spending that money, I could start buying all the homebrew stuff and start brewing my own beer. And in the state we live in, the beer here is uh, 3.2% alcohol, so it's <laughs> it sucks. So we'd rather just make our own. So teamed up with Derek, said, hey, let's split the cost on this, and we went in, and now here we are. Nice. Beer snobs.
1: <laughs> I, if I could speak to that really quick That's the first thing that I noticed After having tried some of your home brews Because prior to that We were pretty much like Buy a case of Budweiser And go hang on and play video games And BS or you know whatever we ended up doing But that, that was what we would do And now after having tried Just even your early batches And some of them that weren't so well rounded And <laughs> what aged to say? <laughs> quite well <laughs> The, even those were better than Budweiser So I couldn't actually And when I started doing it myself there's, It's impossible I cannot,
0: I cannot drink a Budweiser at this point Well it's the research that you put into it as well You understand what the big brewers are using And what they're actually using To create their beer And it's right. completely different than The way a home brewer would do it what is do With nice love yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely
1: missing the element of love What do you think it is what do you think the, 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 the reason behind homebrewers brewing it differently is?
3: I think one of the main reasons is you can do whatever you want. You can tweak it. I mean, all, all of us start with a basic recipe. That's how we all started. In fact, yeah. we're, you know, not far beyond that. But then we start tweaking and adding different things and playing with flavors to kind of see what we like, what we don't like. Like this brew we're drinking right now. You know, we had a basic recipe and then I was like hey Derek let's just throw some coffee in there let's throw some vanilla beans in there let's yeah. throw this in it and it worked out pretty well so it's
0: fun to be able to just play with the flavors because there's so many different types of things that you can put in a beer and not only that but just even by changing up timing on certain elements will change the flavor as well so I think the factor that you got so many different ways to create a flavor
2: yeah. is fun
0: I so I mean for those
1: out there who are unfamiliar with anything From home brewing is is there a way you could describe the process? I mean, can you can you break it down? So homebrewing itself is literally <laughs> dropping the microphone here. Homebrewing itself is literally creating alcohol out of uh, uh, grains and yeast and uh, plant material. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> do have to explain <laughs> that. <right>? <laughs> like <laughs> <mold> the <it>. hops, <laughs> exactly.
0: So. Uh, the, the way I explain it is that you're essentially making a giant tea Beer to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and then from that point, you just need to let it sit, add some, add some sugars to it before you bottle, and uh, a lot of it is just time as well. Um, the first couple batches that we did, we were so anxious to drink the beers that, you know, we try it after a week, we'd be like, oh, yeah, it's... A week, tasty. I think we waited a day. Yeah. Let's we'll try it. One a day for the first week. And then finally, once we got into it about the proper time, four to six weeks, and we tried the beer again, we'd look back at the times that we tried it before, and we just kind of laughed at ourselves, because <laughs> we're, we're sitting here telling ourselves that it's good, but no, in no. reality, it wasn't maybe... Wasn't the best. <laughs> no. So, have you noticed that there is
1: a significant difference between a week? So, if you're at that, that three-week period on a light beer, and you know you want to wait four to six weeks for that... You tried it that three-week period, and it is garbage, just garbage, but you tried it the fourth week, and suddenly all the flavors of the time to to come together. I mean, is that just like mad science? Is that like ancient alchemy? I mean,
3: what do you think of that process, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Sam! It's a fantastic process <laughs> Sorry, there. He was staring off his face, and then lost me off. His eyes were... I was listening to uh, that. sparkling. I think that's the best advice for anybody is never throw away a bad batch. <laughs> let it sit. Let it sit for a year and then try it again a year yeah. later. And you may, in fact, we're going to try that out in a couple minutes here
0: yeah, for right.
3: a batch that we, I think most, most of us all hate. we try it out two years later see how it tastes. Which one is that?
0: The Y-side. Oh, yeah. I think it's important, though, to have somebody that is honest with you as well to, to taste it with you because, I mean, what you think isn't always... You know, your final yeah. uh, determining factor, what other people think as well. But on the same hand, uh, same token, a lot of times people are d- gonna just tell you, "Oh, yeah, it's good." You, know? mm-hmm. you gotta if they go you in the and throw <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah, you gotta find somebody that's gonna be honest with you, saying, "Hey, this is tastes like shit still." And Adam was like this, that. He told us <laughs> that. <The> first, first <laughs> period is like. IPA
3: good amber tastes like shit. <laughs> and then a week later he loved it. Yeah, it,
1: which would absolutely at, at this point be a total removal of that. So the the process of beer. Do you think? Uh, I mean, can you just throw anything in a pot, and and have it end up being consumable? I mean, um, really, is that is that because what, what we've seen is. It is so close to literally making a cup of tea on a grand scale, uh, filtering it, siphoning it um, with specific ingredients, but there's nothing really like...
3: I think as long as you have y- your three basic, your I mean, yeast, your grains, and your hops, you can pretty much do anything else after that, but you can't do anything without one of those. They're all three.
0: Yeah. So
3: I mean, other than that, yeah, I think you can pretty much... So far, I haven't found anything that's ruined a batch just mm-hmm. yet, and I've all sorts of random crap in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much make it with whatever you'd like, not to say it's always going to taste that good or taste what, the way you, that you maybe would want it to or expect it to, but uh, you can make it with just about anything, but you you still also want to put some parameters around that yeah. with, uh, you know, with uh, ingredients that beer companies are already using, so, you know, if you're just a beginner, there's no reason to get all flamboyant and you know, throw chocolate in your beer or anything else, you know. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, <laughs> Someone's done <let's>, it. <laughs> yeah, let's uh,
3: make a couple simple batches
0: first and then uh, kind of go from there. That's probably the best way to go about it. Understand the process before you start just throwing anything in is what, I, what I'm trying to say. And ingredients matter.
3: Yeah. I mean, I just the difference between dry yeast and wet yeast. You've different things and starting your own yeast. And yeah. I'm starting to use whole hops now instead of the pellets, and I can see a difference. Oh, really? So so the idea I was talking about was uh, the oh, dry nice. hops were all dry pellets, but my wet hops were all full. Oh, wow. But I can get them at my local store now, so I thought I'd try it. Nice. I um, don't a scale, though, so I have a feeling that the, the uh, direction really yeah, well yeah, well <laughs> is a little <laughs> off. But it looked right. Tastes <laughs> good. <laughs>
0: That's the important part. Alright, so what are we drinking right now, gentlemen? Um, since we twenty ten red ale. Yeah, since we failed to la- label our bottles, we're guessing that it's the the uh, red ale. Probably our third or fourth batch that we did. It's got a bitter, it, uh, bitter tongue feel to it. It's it's different. There's a, a different body. I
3: I don't know if this is a red, is it? I'm having a hard time uh if it's not a red, it's that I brewery with
0: you because it's not any of the ones it, that I brewed before I left. This is yeah, this is you and me because it's in a bigger bottle. Well, it's gotta be red then. That's what i thinking. It's not the IPA. It's not, it's the not very potent, though. It's, got, it's like very watered down to me, almost. Yeah. So. It's drinkable, though. Yes. Is this
3: one of the ones where we had to add an extra <laughs> count in
0: the because it was
3: short? Could have been. Oh, man. <laughs> Could have been. So,
1: <laughs> is there ever a batch that you've made? you you put so much time into, and when it comes out less than what you had anticipated... You just swear off that type of beer forever? Um, not
0: necessarily, no, because it, generally uh, if you're going to brew a beer, you're, you're going to brew something that you would want to drink. Right. So just because you make it bad the one time doesn't mean you can't try it again and change up a few things. You know, Like I said, there's so many things that you can do as far as timing, the amount of something you put in. So we're not going to write it off, not at all. It's just a matter of changing up the recipe a little bit. Mm -hmm. The first beer I brewed when I moved to Texas.
3: Uh, I had a bunch of people. I don't have anybody there, obviously, that brews me, so I invited some friends over to help me. Texas waters are disgusting. So the wort chiller, which is a big, basically, copper tubing that cools down the wort as fast as possible to prevent infection. That way you can throw the yeast. Pitch the yeast, sorry. So the wort chiller you gave me, in fact, the connections came off. While it was in the morning, <laughs> she Texas water everywhere inside the batch. <laughs> Ten minutes prior to that, thermometer broke in the batch. Uh, oh, so this one's no. now—it's been... It's broken thermometer ale is what we call it. It's disgusting.
1: Uh, yeah, it's like mercury or something from the thermometer. No, right?
3: it, I researched it. it's not. It's just as it's just lead. <laughs> <led. laughs> no, we, it's it's triple fil- triple <laughs> filtered. I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, that batch. I'm holding on to it because I think maybe if we ever make it and have our own big brewery, that we'll save that. You know, that'll be our cancer. <laughs> Maybe to cure cancer. I don't know. let to sit on it for a year and then try it again. But as of right now, I don't even want to look at it.
0: And uh, hey, hey, hey. I don't blame you for that. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Yeah. The, one of the biggest things with with beer making is cleanliness, and you got to make sure that ninety percent of it. Yeah, you got to. It's the thing that you need to stress the most is cleanliness with everything. The bottles that you put it in. Bucket, you're putting it in to sl- let it sit for a week or two. Yeah, I mean, everything needs to be completely sterilized. So,
1: so I guess this is a good point to jump into bottles versus kegs. Like, w- what are what are some of the benefits to having bottles over having
3: keg? I'll, I'll start because he's you know I think the only one here that's actually kegging right now is Derek, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, but I still like the bottling, but it's just the convenience. And
3: yeah, and I'll so. say. I like bottling just because I, I... mean, I'd take a full day. You know, I'll throw on some ribs, smoke them all day, and I'll brew the whole day. I'd like to start doing all... My choice now is all-grain or caging. So I'm going to go all-grain because it's still a little cheaper than caging right now. But um, I've had a lot of cake beer. and I like it because it's ready a lot faster and it's more convenient. You can take a little five-gallon cake to a party. It's a lot nicer. And I have... St- your buddy's Jared's I think his beer Tastes a little less Yeasty yeah, out of the cake I'm not sure why Maybe it's just Because it's aged Or he's using Different yeast More carbonation Is there um, No I don't even Exactly we've A lot of carbonation Like that Porter We, yeah. we doubled up On the sugar On that one. <laughs> um, but I like Bottling better But once I can Cake I think I'll, I'll do Probably every
0: other One Bottling is nice Because you can uh, it, It's more uh, Transportable yeah. You can take it Places Like five gallon Cake is kind of yeah. Hard to take places Um, The other thing is, the other thing with uh, the bottles is it's it's nice to, with the keg, you've got a time limit. I mean, you don't want it in in your keg longer than four weeks. When you've got bottles, you can let it sit for a year and you can still pull it out and drink it. Yeah, and you can age and it'll change. So, yeah, you can age it. Granted, there's a different you know, taste between bottling and kegging, but, the, you know, that having that advantage to be able to hold on to a beer, you know, and let it sit in your basement for a month or two because, you know, you got some guests coming to town or something like that, you know, I mean, it's cool to be able to plan for that kind of stuff yeah. opposed to where having a, a, a fresh keg where you've got, you know, X amount of four weeks pretty much to get rid of it. And uh, not to say you want to just get rid of it, but <laughs> four weeks to, to, to drink it. Drums. Have you had any of Derek's cake? Yeah. yeah. And? I've had a lot. Time, yeah. what do you
1: I, I, I like it a lot. What I think I've found is that kegging will give you a base flavor of the style of beer. So no matter what it is, you're going to get that sort of like, oh, okay, this is an amber, or oh, okay, this is a Belgian white, or you know, whatever the case is. But if you bottle it, you're going to get the body behind that flavor. There, I don't know what it is But it seems like There's like Something that happens In the aging process Isolated in that One little glass bottle well,
3: That you know Speaks I got a question then Because I, I want to Start kegging Is it possible I, I've never tried this Because I've been Leaving it in my Carboys for a lot longer For my secondary Is it possible To leave it in the Secondary for two months And then throw it in a keg So you can get confidence in both worlds That's what No I did forced carbonation Whoa That's what I did With that my was last year. weekend.
0: It sat in the it sat in the secondary for quite a while, probably a couple months before I kegged it, and it still turned out fine. It was <clears throat> we drank it, so I had a nice little house party, and you know people loved it. Sure. Um, I think with kegging though, there's still I think there's <clears throat> I think there's levels to kegging. I think with a keg, there's I kind of describe it as three different levels of the keg. You have the beginning third, the middle third, and the last third. Beginning third is trying to dial in, you know, your 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 uh, gauges, making sure it's not foaming uh, too much, making sure it's, you know, flowing okay. <clears throat> and the taste is a little different to the middle part and the last part. The middle part starts to get a little more of that body that you were talking about a minute ago, Adam. And the, the last part of the beer is where it feels like it's just a lot stronger. There's a lot more taste to it. There's a lot more bold. And, and I don't know if it's because the the kegs, or the, the beer is separated inside the keg, but... Uh, it feels like there's three parts to it, and it, it it gets better as it gets lower to the to the bottom of the keg. Does the
3: keg have a filter in the bottom, so it drops everything out? So you're never
0: actually squirting anything with no, the sediment. No, it,
3: it's coming.
0: The beer is being kegged from the bottom of the keg. Oh, so your first couple glasses pull all that out, then. I
3: don't like Pretty that to much, yeah,
0: yeah. But the first couple glasses is all foam. I, I've been s- I've been seeing like
3: false bottoms and things like that, so you don't actually pull from the bottom. You can let that still sit in there,
0: and i
3: like a good idea. I don't know, I haven't done it yet But that
1: also depends on the
3: brew, right?
1: I mean, for the most part You can control the amount of sediment That you're going to have in your keg or oh in yeah. your bottles But depending on the brew You know, that scale is adjustable yeah, we're So if gonna you have, have heavy
3: grains And in dark beer with, with
1: a lot of hops Well, you're going to have a ton of sediment at the bottom No matter how much milking you do It's going to be in there, you have to expect it Do you think that that is a drawback? For presenting your homebrew to uh, guests or friends that come by, no, I think
3: it's part of homebrewing. Yeah, I mean, it, it I think it is depending on the level of beer they drink. I mean, you can go to the store that's and buy bottle-conditioned beer, and that's just part of it. it. Even says in there, or even any Belgian beer, you know, you're supposed to roll it first get the yeast going. You can see it, you know, you can see the cloudy yeast in there. For people who only want to drink, you know, Budweiser, Miller, and Keystone or Pabst, no, it's, it's a complete turn off and I don't want to. Drink. So yeah. starting them off with my favorite kind of beers Which later on I'd like to know what each of you likes to drink Because where I'm at, geographically I have access to a lot of different beers And I, I follow top rated beers And try to get access to them as much as I can if I don't right. ship any guys a bunch of beer when I have a chance to Oh yeah. I still owe you a birthday present That's what you would get A bunch of stuff I know you guys <laughs> Happy get Happy birthday! Great. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's an initial turn off
0: People uh, generally don't have a big palette for beer they yeah. s- you say beer and they have kind of a one taste for it well there's many different tastes of beer for me at least I mean there's so many different flavors you can choose from let alone you know styles and whatnot. so c- trying to cater to everybody is tough you know I still can't that's why he's got to try and cater, really? cater to yourself well, she'll
3: try them all but I still haven't found one other than the raspberry wheat that she liked that's the only beer she's ever liked
0: she didn't like beer
1: though period so. right yeah I have a hard time convincing my wife not to drink my beer. Yeah,
0: my wife doesn't touch my beer. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> You're blessed. <laughs> Our wives are bitches, though, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she won't hear this, so I'm okay <laughs>
3: yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> Heather will, but she'll be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be listening like, yeah, I kind of am when it comes to beer. <laughs> oh, what are we drinking right now, gentlemen?
0: Honey. Honey wheat? Oh,
3: Ye- 2011 honey wheat.
1: It's actually very nice. It was just... Uh, you're going to hear uh, my daughter in the background causing a fuss. Uh, you're going to... This honey wheat, it's a, a little delicate. You just said it was almost wine-like. Yep. And it's, I don't know, fruitiness or sweetness. Lightness.
3: Not a lot of hops in this, I don't think. I think it was majority honey and wheat. it yeah, was really all It's yeah. just like Cascade or something. A lot something of basic. Wheat. A lot of them all. In a good way, though. I mean, it
1: is
0: really, really... I like this beer a lot. Really? Um, I, a, I like enjoy a dark beer. I had a ton of it. I came to it before I left. Yeah. I was it definitely <laughs> wasn't one of uh, the ones I was looking forward to the most. It's better. A lot better now than I remember it. It is now, though, definitely. I like to see a lot of uh, hops in it and whatnot. And this one didn't yeah. have any... If no, I had basic. So yeah, like a floral or something. Well, like yeah. we
3: have a,
1: a very bold IPA in the mail here, so it's cooling in the freezer right now. We're we'll going to be able to tap that. So let me ask you, after you've had beers... Has your preference for variety changed? So like you just said, when you first tried this, you didn't like very much. Do you think you like it now because it's aged to a, an appealing place? Or do you think you've just developed your palate in order to appreciate it more because you've had so much experience of your belt?
3: For me, it's a little bit of both. I'm still not a huge fan of wheat beer, but I know things have changed. I started off not liking dark beer whatsoever, and now I'm you know, heading... Right now, I'm still, IPA is 100%. I like old, bitter hops, lots and lots of hops. Yeah. But I'm appreciating darker beer a lot more. Wheat beer, this is the best wheat beer I've had so far. Yeah. I'm still not a big fan of the wheat.
0: Yeah, that's the same probably bolt as well. Um, same thing, though, I'm gradually starting to go more darker beer opposed to the lighter beers. And I think that's going to happen a lot with people that first start out with beer because... Most people are generally drinking light beer to begin with. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, mine's grown definitely. Like, I've started to taste the different types of season or not seasonings, but uh, herbs and spices that, that people use in their beers, and knowing the names of them, and you know, coriander and stuff like that. You can actually taste them now. Oh, yeah, not understanding what they were before.
3: Yeah, I've heard people adding hickory and other things in there, and the secondary adding wood, liquid smoke, oh, other yeah. strange things. But mainly to darker mm-hmm. beers, so you can get those bolder flavors. I've never not in a not in a lighter colored beer. When I started, Belgian was my favorite. And now it's changed to IPAs. Okay, so how about
0: you? When you started, what was your favorite? Because I'm talking to Derek. Red, red, and a red and a Belgian white. Which are still two of my favorite beers, um, although I' uh, lately I've been I've been digging a uh, Pilsner lately yeah yeah've been liking a lot of Pilsner and uh, the Pilsners that we've done have just... For some reason, have a whole nother element, to it, right? <laughs> just like get me on a whole nother level of drunk, and <laughs> it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Are yeah, you nice. guys mushroom <laughs> stamping what's, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something here? No, I don't know, man. I couldn't figure it out either, but it's it's a tasty one. So that, and, um, but like I said, more to the darker. I, like I didn't like porters, and I can actually drink them a little easier now. and Understand the
1: taste
0: of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. How about I, you? I like the
1: darker ones. Yeah, you know, I actually started out solely in the dark side of it. I, I really liked You the on l- the dark side? No. <laughs> 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 okay, well, as far as flavors, it was bolder, it was more abrasive, and I, I found that more appealing. Now, I'm right with you on the Pilsner and the IPAs which actually have very different flavors. Yeah. One is much more like spicy and dancing on your taste buds and the other one is, is sort of like uh, rolling on the back of your tongue yeah. and just sort of tingling it at the same time. So they're very, very different, but it is that lighter beer side of it. So I, I have had my you know palate adjust to what I prefer. And I don't know if that's because of exposure,
0: education, or practice, but... I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, I, one thing I think of a lot of times now when I walk into a grocery store or gas station is the difference of how I look at the beer section. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like so completely yeah. different the way I used to walk in and look at the beer station to the way I do it now. I mean, I'm looking at five percent of the five percent that's available. You know, I mean, ninety-five percent of what you see on the shelf is the big boys. You know, the three kings: Budweiser, yeah. and Coors, and Miller and they leave a Crabble. small little portion for the craft beers and you know I'm only looking at a small portion of those craft beers so it's interesting how different your mind changes and you know it's even
3: worse it's flying here and not being able to get <laughs> decent alcohol comp- <laughs> no, I can't even look at the beer in the grocery store I have to go to the liquor store <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: you gotta take it home and get it cold before you can drink
3: it actually I've been drinking them a lot warmer lately Really, I, I've been trying to, you know, yeah. I, I keep them cold, but then I always try one warm. You know, that's,
0: that's true. You definitely get a different flavor to your beer depending on how cold it is. You know, in some parts of the country, they don't even have them, or not country in the in the world, they don't even keep their beer cold. Yeah, uh, but that'll change your flavor quite a bit as well. Yeah, so. like the big
3: the big light beers, you want them as cold as possible. Yeah, the m- beers. They're m- they're m- all flavors, and then it's just it's easy yeah. to drink. <laughs> try to drink them a little warmer. I usually set it out for five minutes so before I drink it so I can taste a little more of it. Have cool. you ever
1: taken beer by beer and, and compared it? So you take one, let's say, IPA and you leave it on the counter, you take another IPA, put it in the freezer, and then try and both see which ones, you know, see what flavors jump out.
0: I don't think I've ever done that. I wouldn't be a bad little uh, beer test to do that. Yeah. I've done on the IPAs, that's it, though. That was just recently. It Probably. would almost be like you were tasting two different beers, I Almost sometimes, you know. But if you had somebody blindly do it, they, they'd almost maybe think it's two different beers. Either. It might be worth some. We did some blind tests with our first Amber and Budweiser, and our our
3: yeah. year one blind taste test. Oh yeah, which is good. I mean, it had more flavor. Than <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's hard to lose yeah, in a test. Like they only used to what they like to drink, so you can't blame people for what they like. Okay, you can. Thank Thanks. <laughs> ignorance is bliss I can get cheap beer and get really drunk <laughs> oh and not have to worry about
0: it well I need another beer I like, I I am, need uh, what's next ok so what are we drinking right now this has got some flavor what is this this is your IPA
3: what did yeah, you name it you you uh, capped it is there a special name for it like I miss Sam
1: no IPA? it's actually called from under IPA It'll let you fill in the bucket. Anyway, you guys tell me how that tastes because I'm not going to have it. It's got some flavor. <laughs> okay, but generally, like, you, you can
3: taste the hops oh, like yeah. just jumping out of you. Does it have a pucker factor? That's <laughs> <laughs> laughing I'm just saying, does it make you pucker? <laughs> <laughs> not your asshole, your mouth. Oh, jeez, I <laughs> you know I touched you.
1: <laughs> okay, there's no cheek puckerage. Upper
3: or lower. (laughs) It's good. It is good. You said that as if you're surprised. I am surprised. It's It's milder than I thought it would be. It starts off really, really really smooth and then it
0: has a big bite like it punches you in the nuts at the end. Well, this is the strongest beer we've had so far today. Yeah. I mean, definitely the one with the most flavor and got that punch to it, man. I mean, it's just. Which
1: says a lot because we had
0: a porter already. Yeah. Do you have any uh, orange peel
3: or coriander?
1: Yeah. Well, there was. like minced corn peel
3: and then uh, just regular coriander broken up. So it's like a Belgian IPA. Sure. Mm. It kinda tastes like a Belgian IPA. Mean, this was a them.
1: this was a kit that I made for prostate awareness. And I was going in and I didn't know which beer I wanted to buy. I saw that there was prostate awareness going on. And I am a fan of my prostate. As I'm well aware. Occasionally be. <laughs> you have to have it checked. It's important.
3: <laughs> Is that that smell I'm getting? <laughs> for no other reason. I can't. Well, <laughs> you need to name this like the prostate IPA. 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 Go wrong what seven. do you think P stands for? We have a vasectomy porter. I prostate a. a. Vasectomy porter. Oh, I prostate, prostate A. Oh, <laughs> God. God. <laughs> Good. I'm sending.
1: Yeah, you it's very. So that's that's why I bought the kit and I did it. It, it was a completely different experience. I've never done anything. The dry hopping. Anything after the secondary. Like I've never added anything to it. So it was it was a, a completely new experience for me. And actually, initially when I tried it, I was really turned off. And I don't know if you remember this around July Fourth
3: or something. When we went to your party, it was. Uh, maybe it was before. Wait, no. you guys had a party and invited me. In I bought you every time, dude. No, you never do. I'd have flown down. It's an open I invitation. flew down this weekend.
0: Oh, I got to this.
3: Anyway, so it's really good. So what did he... He didn't like it at all? Mm. What did he say? He was, he was ready to give it to me. He should have taken it and then sold it back to him beer at a time. Huh. All right, so what were we talking about? Your IPA that you almost gave to Derek and that he would have turned around and sold back to you a beer at yeah, a time. Which nice would have, actually. I'd have done it. She yeah, didn't. so I
1: told him I was I was genuinely scared that it was gonna be terrible. I I tried it like a week earlier and this is another one of those times where I tried it a week too early rather than waiting. And I don't know why I, I continued to do it, but uh, we still did it
3: every single time. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, fun it, now we can see how it matures.
0: It's well and it's it sucks that you have to waste a beer to try it, but at the same time it's good that you get to try it so you can see how it ages. And you yeah. can see how your beer changes and how it flavors I think it's important at the same time did we ever really wasted yeah. it. We always finished it. We'd split it in half. Even okay. if We hated it. We'd yeah. finish it. Yep. We only dumped, it. I think, one. Because there's half, alcohol
3: but... in it. The only reason why. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, we always finished it. I miss those days.
1: So I mean, we joke about that, the alcohol content. But do you think that? Do you think that has a genuine component into it? So, if if you're going to make a beer that is potentially only a four percent beer. Are you gonna add extra sugar? Are are you gonna go out of your way to adjust or alter that recipe in order to get the alcohol content?
0: I mean is it, is that secondary at this point? I think it's always been secondary to us because we've never really tested <laughs> our bear to we see what yeah. we're always <laughs> too drunk to measure what what the alcohol level is, because you have gotta do it at specific times and um, and whatnot. So we always know that it's gonna be you know, out, have alcohol so, in four it. Four and a half, yeah, six and, and a half. Come, and and a half, we worry. always feel that it's got at least more than what the standard uh, steak beer is. So, it's not a big deal to us, although we have in the past added a little bit of extra sugar, kind of with the hopes that it gives us a little more alcohol. Yeah. We don't know whether it's really giving us more or not. We feel that we can taste it a little more, but it doesn't necessarily mean it, it, it is more alcoholic. Some of the home um,
3: stores sell... Uh,
0: Know, little packs you can add that add 1%. Yeah, And, you and they say they don't change the flavor, so I haven't tried it yet. I'd like to. I get. 9%. There's enhancers that you can get oh. to, uh, you can buy to increase some the, increase the, the alcohol content, but we've never really done them with our beers. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to try that next.
3: You're going to, because I'm going to send you what I want you to brew, and I'm going to buy that part with it. Nice And then you can tell me It tastes different When compared to the two brews I, I, I,
0: I think that can change too Again as far as your Alcohol content As far as how much water You're putting in And whatnot. I mean Add less water You can have a Higher higher alcohol content So, so. I had a question for you You heard flavor at all too Yeah flavor is You well. help yeah. us every once in a while But
3: then I move away And you start brewing What the hell
0: Yeah So
1: I, I gotta be honest I was a little bit intimidated By the whole process um, But yeah, you, you started th- with Jumping in with wine With your own grapes Right, and, and that was sort of the thing, because
3: That's in my right.
1: mind, there was a there was a price factor involved. So if I started with a product that I already had, then it, it wouldn't cost as much to see if it was something that I would be interested in or anything. Makes sense. I, and i got to be honest, after doing my first batch of wine, which was a, an absolute disaster, I still was, you know, helping you guys out with yours and sort of just picking up on tips and... It seemed like those years that you had started. It was always like this new adventure, you know. I, on some weird level, it was almost like Lois and Clark venturing into unknown territory every single time, even though we'd done it so many different times because it was a different recipe yeah, every time, a different flavor. The timing was always different depending on the hops and the grains. Yeah, and so it seemed something genuinely new. And after you left, I was afraid that that was going to drop off and I wasn't going to be experiencing that anymore. So I decided, well, I've already tried my own wine. How about I just try beer? Ultimately, in the long run, the price of me consuming beer versus making it will even out and even be on the shorter end. Especially especially if you're going to liquor store start for your beer. Right. Um, So there was really nothing to lose except for upfront cost. Now that I am at the point where I've evened out, yeah. You know, it, you, you it's, it's absolutely great, but. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was pissed when yeah. I heard you start
3: to brewing. Really? I was like, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get him to hang out <laughs> for years,
1: I'm away and he starts brewing. I always felt bad because it, it's that's really awesome. like a one or two person project anyway, and so you guys were doing it, and I was literally like the outside of the bystander, They're just
3: like, oh, that's awesome, you guys are go team whatever one of us was always drunk enough when we needed (laughs) you I I think you helped us quite a bit yeah I know there's plenty of times where I couldn't fill
0: those bottles I was like ooh uh, you shouldn't definitely jump into it thinking that you're going to save a lot of money by brewing your own beer because you're definitely not. Especially if you're beer. drinking
3: cheap beer. Oh, if you're drinking good beer, yeah, you're going to save some but money. But if you're drinking good
0: front. beer, then you already know what kind of beer you want to brew as well. You know, yeah. if, if you're just starting out and you're kind of thinking that you want to do it, the first thing to do is instead of trying to just jump right into it, is go to the liquor store where we have to get good beer. Or go to the store where you can get decent beer and find a couple that you've never tried before. Try a a porter, try a a pilsner, try an IPA, try a Belgian white, a red. You know, get one or two of each of them and then really understand the different levels and and flavors of beer. And then decide on which one you'd like to to really venture into and and start brewing. It kind of doesn't make sense to just jump right into it without any knowledge of some sort of beer. Don't swear off brewing altogether
3: by buying one of the kits from like a... The bed bath and beyond with the plastic beer yeah. bottles, and the screw tops. Yeah, you yeah you it's like a twenty five dollar, yeah, fifty yeah, dollar beer kit. And I've had friends that are like, "Yeah, I brew beer," and they bring them over, and then they're like, oh, "It was disgusting. I'll never brew it again." And they taste ours, and they're like, "Oh, this is really good." It's like if you buy yeah, something, like that, don't let it turn you off because you know it's it's not it's a good entry point because it's really really cheap. Yeah, but the, the ingredients
0: right. are garbage. If you're gonna buy beer, go to a, a place that specializes in it. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: yeah, I would say that for anything, but certainly, certainly for beer ingredients. Okay, so if you had one piece of advice for that novice brewer out there, what would it be? Cleanliness. Yes. Okay, and we've talked about that, so cleanliness is incredibly important. Yes. Make sure your containers,
0: the, your the clean- utensils you use, the even the thermometer to measure the. The heat of the liquid. Yeah, there's always one thing you forget to sanitize. so Always have it ready. Huh? We always had our bucket off to the yeah. side to sanitize anything <clears> in that instant if we needed to. Sanitation.
3: Yeah, and if you have children, do it after they go to bed. We, I clean my whole kitchen. Don't let them come anywhere near it. Yeah, yeah. If you can brew outside, we'll go for it. In Texas is too hot. So I think I brew
0: inside. The second thing is, is that, well, I, I think there's a two-part to this, is, is you don't brew without drinking. You must, you must have some sort <laughs> of a beer in order.
3: Well, the steaks that you make can turn out to be the best things that ever. Exactly. Happened. <laughs> when you're drunk, granted, yeah. thermometers
0: busting might not be the best thing, but you never know. Add yeah. flavor, give it a shot. Yeah, a beer or two in, it doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> uh, and then the second thing that I wanted to get into was, uh make sure that you, you're not beer, you're not brewing alone. You know, whether yeah. it's if you've got a wife that enjoys doing it with you, make sure she's doing it with you. If you've got a friend that can come over and help you out, have them come over and help you out. If there's, you know People are always kind of interested in it So, you know, call up a couple of your friends Say, hey, I'm grown up today Come on over and just kind of watch the process Yeah, we would always barbecue and make, make a day yeah, out of yeah, it Yeah, make a day out of it Because it, it does take a couple hours
3: oh Any so Walgreens and make it take yeah. all day Yeah,
0: make it take all day yeah. But, uh, That's yeah, it's fun to make it more of an event, too So, invite, invite somebody over That yeah. and filling your bottles, the dishwasher Is great no, you know what yeah. I'm if you're gonna have friends come over, make them uh, clean some bottles. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, when you're filling them, drop in the dishwasher door and filling them through the dishwasher door, so you don't make a mess. No, oh, no. yeah, I, gotcha. I the got you. Use your dishwasher
3: door to. Yeah, because you have your your secondary up on top. Yeah. Drop your dishwasher door, line up all your bottles on the flat surface of the door. Then when they spill and overflow everywhere, wow! I've been just, dirtying a pan for that. Yeah, I don't. We don't use a tupperware or I just do it right in the dishwasher. Just fill, stop, fill, stop, and I'll shut shit lid Run the cycle huh, Cool Very clean
1: Alright good uh, Good advice Well gentlemen It's always a pleasure I, I've been wanting to do this Since I started this podcast So thank you so much For joining me uh, Like I said It's always a pleasure Talking with you And uh, until next time Cheers man Let's to have another beer I was, was going to ask uh,
0: uh, yes. What's your favorite Beer that you buy Oh my favorite beer That I buy <laughs> Oh okay well, Depending on what Area since, you're in Yeah since we live In a particular Shitty beer state Alright hold on Let's, let's get another beer. We'll talk about okay. your yeah. current one more. favorite
1: one more. commercial beers. Yeah. The question okay, first of all, what are we drinking right now? We, we
0: don't have no <laughs> idea. Mystery beer, it tastes a lot like the one we have. Yeah, we, of, you know, know what's, what's funny? <laughs>
3: is we know this guy, he's an ass kicking graphic designer. He made us all these labels, but apparently we never use them. Do <laughs> <laughs> I even write the name on the lid? That's really too hard. Cat. <laughs> The drunker you are, the harder it gets. Pre-do that. And yeah, the, um... Yeah, can't that's actually
1: that would be my tip: is label yeah, everything. Label, label everything with a
3: date. Because if you brew something multiple yeah. times, Absolutely.
1: Some use I don't stuff. usually have that problem because I consume it <laughs> like fast enough. I, I rarely have two sitting beers.
0: Yeah, you, ra- you rarely have a case of beer that's sh- a that year old. <laughs> yeah, that <but> I have <laughs> no <know laughs> <know laughs> idea what it is. <laughs> we were brewing at like, one point every weekend or every
3: other weekend. So we always had yeah. at least twenty-five beers sitting now in the closet. I have a new closet now. She made me a. She gets a craft room in the garage, I get a beer closet. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, pretty lucky. We've <laughs> 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 got a cross base. You I can bring this, this up <laughs> when you interview. <laughs> <made a beer laughs> I'm going to. So you get why the That's hell, what
0: awesome. he so did I don't? I was talking about how crappy <laughs> the state is. Yeah. Uh, with the beer, and so there's a couple of flavors that I like. That would be uh, local beers. Um, Usually, you can get a beer with liquor laws within one to three state
3: radius. Yeah, yeah, that's about the longest. Well, the I'll just
0: game. start with my favorite beer that I can't get here in the state, which, which would be uh, Fat Tire Amber Ale. You, you can't get Fat Tire? No, travel out of the state. Wyoming, well, um,
3: really? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> almost every single bottle I've bottled bottled was
0: a Fat Tire. That's my favorite beer, although it's my favorite out of the keg. It's like candy and a Coke. <laughs> I, I just brew Fat Tire, a clone of it, last weekend. I'd love to try that with a pH and a ty.
3: <laughs> fat Tire. Yeah.
0: It's a pretty simple beer. I'm surprised. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, off topic. Um, other than that, I like to go with uh, like a Blue Moon. Blue Moon's a good beer, although the last time I had it, it was almost too light. Like I said, my. All right, so we're talking brands.
1: Can we? What is a Fat Tire? That's an ale. Amber. An it's amber, amber ale. ale. And a a blue moon is a is a Belgian white. Okay.
0: So, what dark? What's your favorite dark beer? Yeah. Uh, red me. and amber. I know they're not quite dark, but they're part way there. So no porter or. Uh, I, I like the porters more, no but stouts. still not much of the stout of the porter. So I, I'm sticking with the amber and and the red. Reds about as dark as I'll get. Not to say I won't drink a porter. Yeah. Sam? Oh, you want me up first? Next. Yes. you. do. They um, hear me every week.
3: Well, now they're going to listen again after Derek and I talk. So <laughs> they're going to listen open. You're going to do again. Um, I, w- I would say, you know, as trendy as it sounds, I've been enjoying Dogfish Head. I know they're one of the higher rated ones everyone talks about, but they're okay. pretty good. Dogfish Head is what? Uh, IPA. They're from Delaware. Yes. Uh, they have a restaurant. If you ever had a chance to watch the movie, um, what's the name of the movie? The beer TV Wars. Show. It's a documentary oh, called Beer know, Wars. Know, right. It features movie. them in it. Great movie. It talks about the big brewers and how things are made with adjuncts and things like that that aren't actually ingredients, but it works. Um, so their ninety minute IPA, I like a lot. Great beer. IPAs, of course. And then uh, another one is Surly, who's out of the Twin Cities. Um, they uh, they do beer in a can, but it's really really well, really really good. Um, Surly Furious is the IPA that I've been drinking a lot. That's what I brewed a couple weeks ago. You can get that from Northern Brewer. They sell a kit online. You can get that from them. And Surly Smoke, which is their dark beer, which I don't, I'm not a big huge dark beer drinker I
0: thought it was
3: fantastic And then in a moment Adam will tell us what His favorite,
0: what's your favorite? Well I think that's cool to be able to hear yours Because I've never really had any of the Dogfish Head or the uh, Surly so. yeah, it's One good thing about living in the Central Area
3: now, I can get from both sides now
0: Yeah you get so, everything from all over the country well, I would never consider
3: Texas Central That's South well, south-central. I mean, centrally located. South-central, yo! Shut up. <laughs> I can't get far east and far west, but I'm getting everything else. You know, Twin Cities, I'm yeah. getting dogfish. still comes there, so...
0: Uh, I'm still getting Yeah, this. but when you say south, it's not like there's anything in the of Texas that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the people that
3: listen. They're, that state, that they're <laughs> in is fantastic. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Thank in, you so uh, much Oklahoma for that. and North Dakota. All of you and listeners, and that that was North Derek, then not me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you know. Texas is boring, but... I can get good beer <laughs> And a lot of it Really really quickly Nice So how about you I've been stuck All IPAs And then the one porter
1: Okay So my My absolute If I have to buy A commercial And not drink What I brew It's going to be Provo Girl Pilsner I am a With the huge big old Tittle old Yeah so she looks like Heidi has grown up From the Old you know I don't know Disney movie Heidi So she's like 18, 19 by now Um but it's just sort of this play, you know. Provo, girl, and Provo is like the center of Mormon Utah. And you don't say. Con- <laughs> I worked there for years. and never knew this. <laughs> no idea. Oh, I'd like uh, another one, and that's a local beer. Another local that I really enjoy would be, uh, you know, and and I want to say there's some you into brewing ones that I really like, but I I really don't like. I don't think there's anything wrong with their beer brewing company, but. They're all like average flavored yeah, beers. Yeah, there's not
0: one that just stands. Out. Yeah, and I'll say if you're in
3: Texas, everyone knows Shiner. I mean, Shiner Bach is it, it's a good yeah, beer. I mean, on Texas. Yeah, they are in Texas. Aren't they? Yeah, that's it's a it's a local brewery. I, I like it. In fact, I'm going to see the brewery. try um, in about a month or so. I'm going to go take a tour. It's good, but it's still not outstanding. And I like more of an IPA. I'm not in the Bach yeah. or the Amber's. They make. In fact, I'm going to send you guys a variety pack of Shiner. It's good beer. It's better than what I've seen here, but it's, it's still not my favorite. Yeah. But so I have to say, you know, it's good local beer. Oh, yeah. All right.
1: So, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Other than you? Of anything you want to touch on? I think I'm good. Let's have more beer. All right. And to all of you out there, uh, don't forget the beer, all right? I know sometimes it can get a bad name, but there are some flavors that blow away wines hands down on the table. Depending on what you're eating, beer is a perfect accompaniment. So, until next time, hail safe. I hope you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun to record. Um, Those two gentlemen are probably two of my most favorite human beings on the planet. So um, I really thank them for getting me into this because homebrewing is, um, well, it's alchemy in action. I'll say. And that's going to be it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the SatanNet Facebook google plus twitter or myspace page for nine cents and get updated on weekly topics listen to the show at radio dot com or download the show monday nights via my rss feed found at nine cents you can also subscribe via itunes by searching nine cents and don't forget to leave a rating under comment if you'd like to learn more about the church of satan visit church and if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices music or personalities visit RadioFreeSatan.com, an online streaming radio station. Before I go, I'd like to once again talk briefly about my children's book, How Crow Got His Scare Back. It's a book that teaches your children to look inside of themselves for the strength to overcome their fears. It contains satanic reference and features my own writing and artwork. Visit the website AdamPCampbell.com forward slash crow to learn more. And once again, thank you for joining me, and as always, I am your host Adam Campbell, and until next week, Hail sing